Welcome back to Misadventure Awaits, our weekly podcast where normally a bunch of weirdos share their adventures playing Dungeons and Dragons. For the next few weeks, however, we will take a brief tour of the world of darkness as storyteller Lawrence guides his three vampiric fledglings through their first nights as kindred. Without further ado, we invite you to join us on our nightly stalking in Misadventure Awaits Darkness. We don't really have a sponsor for today, but we do have an unofficial sponsor in a way. That is Vampire the Masquerade V5, because this will be a vampire game, which is somewhat different from the D&D 5e, uh, though roleplay nonetheless. This is for you, but mostly for the listeners, but also for you. Um, it is not necessarily a creepy horror story with haunted mansions and zombies rising from the grave, though it technically can be. It is first and foremost a story of personal horror that involves impossible choices in an impossible world. The world is the very earth that we live on, um, but a part of that is hidden from us mortals, because at this moment we are all mortals, we have not dived in just yet. Uh, it will take place in the 2020-something. Why 20-something? Because I'm going to leave out the pandemic. Normally it would be like <laughs> right here, right now, but yeah, that's fair. in a fictional world where we did not have the pandemic apocalypse. Um, and also I'm not specifically naming when because I am also using some of the vampire meta plot, as it's called, uh, and that is linked with other tabletop streams and such. So... Um, if you follow things like, um, uh, what's the name again, LA by Night uh, on Twitch or YouTube, then you might recognize some of the peoples. Um, let's see, uh, um, I can highly recommend watching those after. Uh, I mentioned we are using the V5 rules, but since only two of us are familiar with those rules, and two of us have never ever played Vampire the Masquerade before, I will simplify some rules and also deliberately keep some information from the players. We are also using um, creepy kitty noises in the background, apparently. <laughs> and we will also use the X card. This is a piece of paper on the table with an X on it that should a scene go too far in a certain way, according to any player, they will point at the X card clearly, and then we will move away from the uncomfortability from the scene. Because it is uh, creepy stuff, but um, we still want to have fun. Uh, I will still try my very best to let the players be very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, yeah. Lastly, because this is a vampire story, your DM, GM, is called your storyteller. So I'm your storyteller for tonight. We also don't use the dice rules that D&D 5e has, but vampire V5 rules, meaning we use 10-sided dice, including uh, blood dice or uh, blood dice. Uh, and you will find out whatever the hell that means as we go. Now, before I start, are there any questions? All right. Uh, for our listeners, our players do not have their character sheets just yet. They know mostly who and what they're playing, but not exactly. And they will receive their um, character sheets at a dramatically appropriate time. Ba -ba 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 -ba. 
So, let us tell a vampire story. Scene one. It's dark. You wake up from something. You wake up because your body tells you that you've rested enough. As you slowly come to consciousness, you don't yet open your eyes because for some reason you don't want to. Your body feels strange. It feels different. You remember that yesterday you were in Santa Monica, Los Angeles, in a club called The Asylum. You were there because... Because it had some kind of reopening or something. And you were supposed to meet someone there. We got new VIP tickets. Um, because they wanted to meet you. Yeah, that was it. it it's, it's all coming back to you bit by bit. I mean, you are just waking up as usual or not as usual. Um... Why were you given the VIP tickets? It escapes you for the moment. You remember having fun, meeting new people, getting a nice buzz from the drinks, and the dancing, or whatever it was that you did. Some of you may not have been dancing. And then as the evening progressed into night, you got your VIP treatment. You were invited by a dangerously looking red-headed 20-something, wearing a glittery red dress. That was only barely long enough not to show her unmentionables. She called the elevator for you and a small number of other people, maybe two, three, uh, and you went up to some kind of lounge upstairs. You, you imagine, yeah, 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 you think you remember what that looked like, but it starts to get a little bit fuzzy there. You're helping yourself to free drinks, and then some other people joined you. And you remember, oh, it gets real difficult here. You remember seduction, someone screaming in fear, someone else being rustled to the ground. But you don't remember which was who. Were you the one that was seduced? Were, were you the one being rustled to the ground? And the screaming, was it you? Was it pain? Was it? Pleasure? You remember panic, pain, bliss, confusion, blood. As your mind tells you that was probably a nightmare, maybe, maybe it'll just a little bit too much to drink. Maybe you just went back to the hotel and saw some kind of creepy movie before you fell asleep. You're about to open your eyes to see where you are, as you start to realize that the more you think about it, the more clear it becomes. Instead of starting to forget your dream as you wake up, you're remembering, and there's a feeling in your neck, and a hunger in your belly. Or is it thirst? You can't shake the feeling that was all very real, and you are... Wait. Remember getting, getting some kind of explanation. You remember somehow after you got beaten or had something consensual, you remember going home with someone? That's odd. Usually that happens the other way around. You remember having a bite 
to eat or to drink? Can someone explain something to you? Somebody you trust, though not somebody you know. You remember them telling you that you are part of them now. Some something called like Camilla, Carmilla. Ah, it's, it's still a bit fuzzy. The more you try to remember, the more it's coming back to you, but not everything just yet. You do remember a trusted voice saying, I picked you for a reason. You have great potential, and all you have to do is prove that to them too. And maybe then you can realize your wildest dreams, your wildest ambitions, your wildest... There's something called a kindred now? That's weird. You don't know that, that word in that way. Kindred, kindred. If you play your cards right, you will have all the time in the world. The more you wake up, the more you feel you can't avoid opening your eyes. And right before you open them, you suddenly get this creepy feeling that you are in a coffin. You don't want to be in a coffin. Are you in a coffin? Please let it not be a coffin. You pause. You steal yourself. You breathe in for a second to gather courage. Only to realize you don't breathe. You can suck in air and out, but you don't breathe. Somehow this calms you, and at the same time, a little bit of panic, and you open your eyes. Thank God. Not a cough. Weird. You're in the back of your mind, you have something like creature of the night, you are, you are something with a lot of time, but you can't really see in the dark. So, so much for that idea. Um, so, not a coffin, what do you see? You see you're lying on a very comfortable four-post bed with soft, expensive-looking sheets. Next to the bed is a little nightstand with an alarm clock that is currently projecting the time on the ceiling. Five o'clock at night, or in the morning. As you get up off the bed, a feeling hits you. I need everybody to get a red die and roll that and tell me what you roll. Nine. Nine, all right. Whatever, whatever you rolled, you passed. Seven. Whatever you had to roll, you passed. Six. Six. You all passed. Um, this will uh, come up later. Um, a feeling hits you. You feel a little hungry. You don't feel you're getting more hungry, but you are becoming very aware of being hungry. Not like the most hungry you've ever been, but there's like this nagging feeling that you sure hope that you can shake. But there's something in the back of your mind that says, no, only when something really terrible happens can you truly slake that thirst or hunger. You have the feeling you're going to be very familiar to this feeling of hunger. 
As you make a mental note of that, you move off the bed and feel a comfortably heated floor through your socks, and as you look for your shoes, you spot them at the door. See a door, what you assume is an ensuite bathroom, a little fancy looking writing desk with a laptop, and a um, comfortable desk chair, a wardrobe, and a bookcase with famous titles. You see Pride and Prejudice, Crime and Punishment, Hamlet, Beowulf, after Sherlock Holmes books, and on the wall is a flat screen TV. There are very thick closed curtains, and on the left a painting that shows the image of a mountainous landscape with a sun rising or setting. On the other side of the curtained window, on the other side of the room opposed to the curtain window, is a door that looks like it leads directly outside, but on the other side of the room there's another door that leads into something else. Maybe a hallway or a lobby or something along those lines. Your eyes go back to the wardrobe and you realize that you're still wearing last night's quote-unquote party clothes, for as far as you can call them that. You go over to the wardrobe and open it and consider changing into what's in there or keeping on last night's outfit. You, sir. You see a few sets of clothes, neatly pressed and in plastic bags on hangers that, funny enough, all look like they might suit your taste one way or another. Which outfit do you take out, or do you keep wearing what you're wearing? I'm currently uh, I'm wearing a jacket and reasonably open, semi-fancy hat. Slack. A t-shirt underneath, not really fancy, don't look like the party-going kind. See the clothes in front of me, see some more official-looking wear, like blouse, button slacks, maybe a jacket, think about those, and I choose those and put those on. So you look smart, casual. Something like that, yes. Yeah. Alright, alright. You, sir. Um, you also see in front of you a few sets of clothes. You're all not in the same room, by the way. You also see sets of clothes in the wardrobe that you might prefer, or you might want to prefer what you're wearing right now. Are you going to pick something? or I'm going to keep playing clothing. I'm currently wearing a uh, sort of black jean. Some fancier looking leather pointy shoes underneath them. Um, on top, I'm wearing a uh, greyish shirt, and on top of that, a uh, black coat. Mm -hmm. And is that like a winter coat or a jacket? Uh, well, the coat I'm wearing now, yeah, fancier looking. A bit of a dinner jacket, yeah, kind dinner of. Jacket. Yeah, a fancier looking jacket. Is it like tray expensive or is it like very cheap or uh, a little in between? It's definitely definitely not top dollar. So but you uh, don't look like a pauper, but you also don't look like the top CEO. But you do look like maybe a bit above average. Yeah, I'd say so. All right, all right. And you, miss, um, you see clothes in front of you. You're wearing clothes. What do you pick? Do you 
keep wearing what you're wearing. I keep wearing what I'm wearing, which is uh, leather black pants, a lace bodysuit, and a red leather coat that is about halfway my upper leg. Alright. Think about this. Um, you hear a knock at the door. And something happens that you two are completely unaware of. Uh, as I hear the knock, though, before anything else happens, I mm -hmm. think about the clothing again, and I take off the jacket and put on the jacket I had on ah. with the white dress Good choice. So you chose mostly to stick with what you were, what you went for. All right. All right. Very good. Very good. As you've now all gotten dressed, continue. Um, you continue your look around the room, and the eye catches the writing desk. You notice there's a black nondescript box on the table with a written note on top. How old-fashioned, a written note. You head over, first skip the note and open the box. It has your phone in it, turned off, on. Somebody went through the trouble of gifting you your own phone. A little weird. You decide to read the note. Dear child, with an E at the end. Here, you're a child? Hmm. The Camarilla, right, that was it, the Camarilla. Now you remember the name. The Camarilla prefer you don't ever use your cell phone, let alone a smart one. To ease your transition, I haven't taken it from you yet, but you may seriously want to consider leaving it here. Others might be able to listen to you or track you. Secondly, don't forget you have an appointment in about an hour. You are to go to the asylum, which is a nightclub in Santa Monica. Yeah, you, yeah, you remember that. Yeah, right. Just so you know, you are now in LA. Right? And those who are not from the United States, Santa Monica is uh, unofficially uh, a part of LA. It isn't. It is a small town of its own, but everybody sees it as you know, like kind, of, kind of a suburb in a way. It's a flavor of its own. Pretty close. If you freshen up and head there immediately, the note says, you will be in time. Don't be late. If they think you're not showing up, they will track you down and kill you, or worse, make me do it. That is not unsettling at all. That is super weird. All right, oh, it is signed. Love, Leah. Love, Natasha. With respect, Dr. Damasio. Right? You think you recognize the name? Hmm. You each have two decisions to make. Do you bring your phone or do you leave it here? 
And number two, are you going to that meeting? I'm going to ask each of you one by one. Is there anyone who would like to go first? I'll leave it. You, good sir, you leave the farm? Are you intending on going to that meeting? Yes. That might be very wise. What do you do next? I'll make my way. You have a couple of doors to choose from. Uh, a door that leads to probably an ensuite bathroom, but by the sense of it, you don't have bodily functions anymore. Or not right now, so you don't probably don't need to use that unless you would like to freshen up. Well, I'll take a look in the mirror and see how I'm looking. You open the door. You see immediately a mirror and kind of expecting not to see yourself in the mirror, but you see yourself in the mirror just fine. Uh, you look... Hmm. You don't look good. But you don't look super bad, you look ill. You look pale. There's a bit of bags under your eyes. Your cheeks have sunken in a little bit, but you don't look like you're uh, terminally ill and awful, and you just look not well. If your parents would see you like this, they would probably say something about you needing to sleep or eat better. But you think back and think that you probably don't have to do much eating anymore. You think about your parents. You think about your sibling. You wonder what you're, what you are now, who you are now. That's how you're going to. Hmm. You choose to just park that for a second. What do you do? I'll get my clothes and I'll make my way to the and leave the place on the left. Alright, you make your way through the room, put on your shoes, supposedly. Yep. Alright, and you open and your hat. What kind of hat? It's an old English new newsboy cap. Alright. Uh, so Alright, so you do look a bit well put together. Mm -hmm. What is your uh, apparent age? Uh, early to mid twenties. You open the door, and you see a hallway, and you, Miss. What do you do? You have in front of you an open box with your phone. Do you bring it or do you leave it? I will not bring it, but I will require it. All right. You do not bring it, but you do make a uh, mental note where this is. And I will go to the meeting, but before I would like to, I don't know, I set the makeup on, so I might want to fix that a bit. Alright, you go into the, um, into the uh, bathroom, and you see yourself in the mirror. Um, you look worse than you looked last night when you were... Alive. Hmm. You look pale, 
cheeks sunken in, sort of bags under your eyes. Uh, first thing that hits you is you probably have to buy a different color foundation now. Hmm. Or I use only my. Yeah, or you use a lot of foundation, or just use the other parts of oh, your makeup. Also I'll just use that. You'll use over all of your face? Yeah, that'll leave in the skin tone. You, you, something hits you, a thought hits you. Um, last night you got an explanation from that person that you sort of trust. She said something about looking more human or looking alive. There was a trick to it. Do you try that trick or do you just try to fix it with makeup? Okay. Alright, I need you to roll a blood die. And what you're going to do is make a rouse check. It's what you did earlier as well. You're going to activate your blood. Um, and depending on whether, on, on how it turns out, you will get either more hungry or stay at the same amount of hunger you are. What you're going to attempt is, you remember it, the blush of life. Alright, roll it. And you need to roll... It's a one. It's a one. Um, oh, you get hungry. You... You feel something stirring in your gut. You feel... Something I did that right something familiar to being hungry but as you notice it, it, it gets worse you hear a voice a woman's voice <sighs> hungry why don't you find a nice fresh mortal to suck dry it will be the best feeling you'll ever have you feel you're having this mental conversation with this person you don't feel like it's taking you over, but you feel like a beast, for a lack of a better word, stirring inside you. You need to keep a handle on this, but as you look in the mirror, you do look better. You get a little bit of color, your cheeks get a bit of blush, you look alive. And you make a mental note to blink every now and then. Or possibly when you're around people, make like a rise and fall kind of gesture with your with the rest of your body, perhaps. I will make a note that you have gotten hungrier. Alright. You, I assume you also try to still clean up the rest of your makeup? Oh yeah, my shadow does not look pretty after a night. Alright, and you, you fix it. Um, you also notice there's actually a little bag there, it could be a complimentary bag, with some basics in makeup. So you have all the tools at your disposal to make yourself look exactly the way you want to. What do you do next? I'll go to sleep. Alright, you... Go back into your room and open the door to the hallway and you see a lobby and good sir. You have in front of you a little box with your own phone turned off. What do you do with that? I uh, keep it off, so I take it with me. Uh, have all my notes in it. Uh, 
want to keep those. Uh, same goes for the note and the letter. I uh, stuff those in a pocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, take a moment, move myself around either towards the bathroom, open it up, catch myself in the mirror. You look like shit, but you know, you're used to working late. Uh, you're not an, an athletic fitness person or anything. You've looked pale before. You look a bit worse. You look worse where? Um, by your medical assessment, you look dead. But you don't look like a rotting corpse. You look like a freshly made corpse. Register that for a moment, I think. That looked worse. And turn around and close the doors. Take a moment and step on out into the hallway. Alright, you open the door to the hallway. You see in front of you a little hallway lobby thing and two open doors with two other people by your medical assessment. These people are equally dead-ish. Um, you two don't necessarily have the same expertise that you also immediately make a mental note that they are dead, but they do look similarly rough. Um, is there anything in particular that you would all like to describe to each other other than what you're wearing? You said you looked aged early 20s, mm-hmm. mid-20s. Uh, you, sir? 30s, late 20s, maybe. Uh, looks a little older than they might have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They haven't taken good care of Alright, and and you may or may not regret that later as your aging process has stopped, or you may not actually give a shit about that. Black hair, at most hanging in front of the face, not not your most appealing character. Very bookish. You look very bookish. Is there anything else about your appearance that others, when they see you, might might think, oh, he looks it, he works in construction, probably not construction. Or can't they make that necessarily out? No, just anything but construction. Anything but construction, bookish. Uh, yeah, the, this uh, this guy has spent his days, his, well, all of his years, uh-huh. in books, behind computers, uh, not your athletic. Not athletic, note hand. Mm. And you, miss, what is roughly your age? By the looks of it? Early 20s. Early 20s? Might be a bit older, but look early 20s. Mm-hmm. And, well, hair till about half way the back. Mm-hmm. Darker blonde. Still outgoing makeup. At the party yesterday. Mm-hmm. Definitely outgoing. Definitely outgoing. And also, she looks quite beautiful. And as you take a second take, she actually doesn't look as bad as you and the other the other guy. She might be alive, but there is something about her. Maybe she's just uh, 
She painted the town red for a very long time, I think, who knows, but she looks alive. From this distance. I know. Not back. None of my business. See ya. Alright, yeah, what do you do? Stuff to do. Where do you go? Walk off. Towards the asylum. Towards the asylum. Alright, um... You are in a hallway. Um... You can either go to the fire escape uh, at the end of the hall on your right, or go to the left, which you think leads to like a lobby reception desk kind of thing. Hmm. You go to the fire escape? What's the lobby? Lobby. Lobby. Alright, you both sort of like the, the not awkward walk just you know other hotel guess it looks like a hotel kind of place um you head towards the lobby reception desk you head to a door uh that does say when opened alarm goes off we'll all back towards the lobby you tail them uh at a distance maybe they're going to the same place maybe they're going somewhere else um, there is a lady, very nondescript lady at the reception desk, um, who looks at the three of you and says, um, good morning, uh, how may I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? Not really, I'm just about to head out. Alright, fine. Alright. Um, know that um, your stay for this night um, uh, has been paid for. This place is, as you may know, a, a Tremere safe house. You can come back here. Uh, if you have a place of your own, you can go there as well. Um, you can also come back here and rent a room uh, should you want to, but then at your own cost. This, this rings a bell, this name, Tremere. You remember, you remember this. This was something like, something, something family, something, there was something with kindred. Yeah, you're, look, you're looking, you're looking at the others. More falls into place and you're thinking it may be called kindred, but you are definitely a vampire. But... It was stated that it was weird to refer to yourselves as vampires, or there was a reason, but you don't remember. Um, they feel a little sharp, but um, not necessarily like horror movie. Um, you head out. When you step outside, you enter a parking lot with very few cars. You notice a black, shiny car with tinted windows that is uh, too long for a regular car, but not quite like a full-stretch limousine. You can't tell the brand from here, but you can make out that it's probably expensive and can fit a bunch of people comfortably. Um, we are going to uh, have you all make roles. Also, um, as practice, in this case, um, I'm not going to uh, let you fail 
But just as a, a practice run, um, I am going to give you your character sheets for this. Please only look at the front at this time. And uh, some of the tiny, tiny letters are easier, this is yours, uh, are easier to read during the day, but not everything is equally important right now. Okay, so you are going to look at the car and you're going to see if you can notice something about this car. Um, maybe it's something technical. Uh, I would like you to roll investigation plus uh, intelligence or technology. That depends. Now, in this case, the number of dots means the number of dice. So if you have, for instance, two dots in tech and two dots in investigation, you roll a total of four. So first, put down your total you amount. You add both of them? Yes. Yes. Investigation and... And um, either intelligence or technology, whichever is higher. Oh, she pick either intelligence and um, both. Okay. Yeah, you have uh, you use investigation and then either intelligence or tech. So in this case, and don't roll them just yet. Let's see. So you have intelligence uh, four. Yep. So you have at least four, and you're going to pick tech investigation. or investigation. Investigation is how Two. many? Two. So until you will roll six. Um, Alright, in this case, you will need to replace some of these dice with hunger dice, depending on how hungry you are. So, you are at one hunger, so you replace one black die with one hunger die. No, see, it's, I've already marked it. Uh, no, sorry, that's, uh, yeah, mark one hunger, please, and in your case, two hunger. I may have crossed in the wrong... <laughs> Let's see, I will show you uh, hunger. You cross mark off two. So in your case, you replace two black dice, or two of your regular dice, with two blood dice. And uh, this technology is three all over, or just for civilians? Um, that's three all over, but you have a specialization. If something is written after your uh, skill, like technology, <laughs> surveillance, or whatever, you would get an extra die in that situation, because you have a specialty. Um, so, everybody now has a little dice pool with the amount of dice uh, All right, everybody roll them. Now, um, hand-sided dice, so one, two, three, four, five is a fail. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten is success. All right, now it is important to note that um, luckily ones in general aren't necessarily that you fuck it up or have a critical fail. The problem is, if you fail a check and you also fail with your hunger dice, because that means that your inner beast has failed or is taking over. Um, now, in this case, because you're rolling several dice, 
just like with D&D, you want to have a certain amount of successes. Generally, for something super, super easy and routine, you want one success. Something fairly easy, two successes. And three is like the middle ground. Seven is impossibly difficult, three is the middle ground. Um, in this case, how many successes have you rolled in total? Six. Six, all right. That means that in this case, you know fucking everything about this limousine. I'll tell you in a second. How many successes do you None. have? How many? None. None. All right. Do your red dice have anything particular? Do you have any ones? I have a one and a five. A one and a five. In this case, I'm going to let it slide because this is the practice and I made you roll this. But normally, you failed and you rolled a one. So in this case, your beast would want to take over and do something. Maybe charge at the car or run away in fear or fucking kill somebody for some reason. But in this case, you're safe. How many successes did you roll? Uh, one success and six on the progress. All right. So one success. You see, this is definitely a big fat car. That's above your pay grade. It's very expensive. You wouldn't be able to afford this. You see, this is an armored limousine. This, this thing can drive over spike traps and still keep going. You can shoot bullets at it, it'll be fine. There's something about the windows. There's this, a special kind of something, special kind of coating. You're thinking this probably has something to do with this whole kindred vampirism thing, and you can probably deduce what that means. Yeah, most likely. Um, last mention, uh, there's also something that might happen if you roll um, critical success is if you roll successes on your blood dice. So if you roll a 10 on your blood dice. I mean, that's a crit, so that's great. But your beast crits. So there's something funky going on. So like you might be very successful at interrogating this guy by scaring the fucking shit out of him. Or you might be very successful at uh, beating this guy in a fight by crushing his face. Last one, uh, crits, in this case, only come in pairs. So if you roll one 10, it's just one 10. If you roll two 10s, you have four successes. So that means that there's a, a similar chance of critting as when you would roll with a d20, but you have like an amazing... Now this might also result have some meanings when you um, crit with your blood dice but uh, we'll burn that bridge and jump off it if we ever get to it so in this case you just see a car expensive car whatever the fuck big car you see a big and expensive car probably rich person driving it you know everything there is to know about this car bit opulent a bit much. Who would have a car like that? Um, let's see. Are there any questions at this point uh, concerning rolling dice? So do we include the success on the blood dice as a normal success? Or yes. Or separate yes. Yeah. Yeah. So two successes. Yeah. All right. 
So you see, you see this limousine, armored limousine, but you also see um, there's an attractive looking uh, woman of Asian descent leaning against it with long black hair and uh, one side of her hair shorn very short. Yeah, that's it. She's wearing black leather pants, biker boots, and a red leather jacket. She's looking at her phone, at the door, around the parking lot, at her phone, and then straight at the three of you. And you trailing them also. Phone them. Um, she waves at the three of you and knocks on the window of the museum. Always back, and I'll yell at her. I like your style, seeing as we're practically wearing the same. Thank you! Ah, uh, yeah, you've got some taste. Thank you. Uh, did you wave back? A hesitant wave, but... She beckons you over. Walk over. Mm-hmm. Trail a bit after her, walking over the Alright. Because I'm assuming you're the <laughs> Hesitantly going like this is like clearly this bad or a trap or sketchy. Alright. As you come closer, the door opens and out steps a very charismatic, tall, bald Afro-American man in a very expensive looking dark blue suit. It is CEO expensive? But he doesn't look like um, like the head of Amazon, or uh, there's something more urban about him. Something, something. As he steps out, he puts on a little little trilby, little hat with a small rim. Good evening, friends. May I may I call you friends? Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, I know this probably seems pretty sketchy. But I would like to offer you a ride. Where to? I, as a matter of fact, I don't know exactly where you need to go. All I need, all I need to know is that you're here and you need to go somewhere. Um, and I want to offer you a conversation. And since you probably have an appointment with, I have a pretty good idea with whom, I'd like to offer you a ride. If you don't wish to disclose the, um, the exact uh, location, I can just drop you off somewhere uh, in the vicinity, or drive you halfway. You don't have to tell me, but you can. I'll take a ride. By all means, he opens the door for you. I get in. You get in. What do you do? You are free to mm. not get in. I... wait for you. Thank you. Step right up, sir. And you, sir. Buckets. I I like your moxie. That's the yeah. My thoughts exactly. All right, and we move to the next scene, as it is called. The previous scene was called waking up. This scene is called just a ride and just a conversation. Uh, so, as 
you're all in this car together with the African-American looking man and the, uh, the Asian descent. Where do we drive you? The asylum. The asylum? <laughs> that's a bold, that's a bold choice. That is ballsy. You as well are? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. The asylum. Uh, Campbell, the asylum, please. Right away, sir. You hear muffled from behind the glass and you see half transparent. You see the back of a man's head. Ugh, hard to see exactly, but yeah, from the voice and the fact that you, he's probably not driving backwards, that's the back of a man's head. And the car pulls out, and apparently this man knows how to drive an armored limousine, and you start driving. Why is it, uh, is it off to the door? What does the, the, the silence? Well, I, um, I suppose you know you are kindred, right? Mm -hmm. All right, good. Mm -hmm. I suppose you also know that you've been enlisted with the Camarilla, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not with the... We are not with the Camarilla. And he gestures at himself and the other lady. Uh, where are my manners? I am Victor Tetpole. Um, and let's see. You don't... You don't, but... You, milady, you've heard this name. He's um, a music producer, quite successful. He backs, he has this label called the Temple of, oh, sorry. He's a, a record label called the Temple of Boom. Nope, don't step in that spot, sir. <laughs> it's called the Temple of Boom. And uh, one of the artists is Chocolate Drop, which is a well-known artist. Um, oh, I know you. Well, you do. That's excellent. Um, are you a follower? Oh, I know you from Temple of Boom. That is correct. That is, I am a. Uh, I see your faces. I am a, a producer. Producer of music. I have a record label. I also have um, uh, a nightclub, which I don't think if you've been. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been there. Club Maharani. I used to have Club Maharaja, but that burnt down under mysterious circumstances. Not my doing. Uh, that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. But you are welcome in my club, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I am Victor Temple, and this is Annabelle. And the uh, Asian lady says, hey. Hi. Um, I'm going to let him do his, his thing. And if you have any questions, he has all the answers. Not really all the answers. I don't really have all the answers now, but you like to pretend that you have all the answers. But a lot of answers. You see, they are very familiar with each other. First name basis. How long's the drive? Um, Campbell, how long's the drive? About 20 minutes, sir. There you have it. Um, what to business? I am Victor Temple, and I am not, I used to be affiliated with uh, the Camarilla. We like to uh, refer to it as the Ivory Tower, with all that implies. They also actually refer to themselves, I think, as the Ivory Tower. 
they like rules. They like structure. They like making sure that vampires' um, kindred will last um, for as long as they may. But they like to do that by being being very strict. And if you don't follow their rules, they spank you. And when I say spank you, they kill you. And there is some merit to it. There is something I'm fairly certain your sires have told you about the masquerade. This rings a bell. This is, this is that we try and keep hidden from the humans, from the kind that we exist. Otherwise, you know, we sleep during the day. If you imagine if they all assembled while we're sleeping, we're fucked. Camarilla likes to do that very strict. Um, we we like to call ourselves the Unbound. Camarilla calls us the Anarchs. Uh, we like to be a bit more independent. I'm going to give you all something to take notes. And also, as you're thinking more about, as you hear these words, they trigger the memories. They also trigger uh, the face of who sired you. There you go. And uh, I have given you some room to fill in some things. Did you Photoshop this? I, I did not Photoshop this. Um, there's also, I gave you some room for taking notes on the back and on the front. There might be some terms that might come up or might not. You are free to write down for yourselves. There will be a test at the end. Oh, but some, I mean, I can <laughs> kill you if you fail. Sure. Uh, as a note, when you roll badly, you can choose to make a part re-roll. What you can do is you will have on your character sheets willpower. I believe with most of you that is roughly somewhere right at the bottom, willpower. Now what you can do is use your willpower uh, and spend one of those to roll, re-roll up to three regular dice. So what you do is you slash it with your pencil, one, and then you can re-roll up to three regular dice. So no blood dice. Blood dice cannot be re-rolled. So this is handy in case you have almost enough, but not quite enough successes, or if you possibly want to go for some critical successes, who knows? And if you feel horribly, can you? You can only do that once per turn. However, there is a drawback. There are moments where you have to roll your willpower, and that is when you try to resist the beast taking over in certain situations. Surely that won't happen. So you can imagine, if you've taken a superficial willpower damage, as it's called, you have fewer willpower to spend. Mm -hmm. So, lower chance of success. However, you know, who knows? That's, uh, that is that. Alright, any other questions? Can you set the, um, to the number two? The ASMR one. You're in this car with Victor Temple and Annabelle, <coughs> and 
Campbell behind the wheel. And you were having a conversation, just a conversation. Uh, and he was just talking to you about the Camarilla has rules. And he belongs to a sect, they call it, called the Unbound, or the Anarchs. Yeah, uh, Annabelle speaks up, because, um, I mean, it's not like we want to be rebels just to be rebels, but, um, I mean, we just think that people shouldn't be too strict with rules. We've got all of eternity, and what the Camarilla does is the more powerful you are, the more you use the younger vampires as pawns and push them around to do whatever the fuck you want, whatever the fuck they want, and, and you know, um, they actually have you do horrible things sometimes. Because, I mean, you don't lose all of your humanity immediately the moment you become what we are. I mean, we are monsters, just to be just to be sure, but we don't have to be savage, psychotic monsters. That's a fair point. Right? I mean, nobody wants to be like a, a, a blabbering monster eating everyone in sight. I mean... Is there any research yet done on the Unbound and Camarilla? Well, not really research, because uh, they don't really get along, but maybe... Why, oh, you're from Tremere, right? Yeah, maybe? I mean, I don't, I'm not Tremere. Um, no, as in the quest for the storyteller? Have I done research oh, into these groups? Oh, you have not done research into okay. those groups. Um, you have done a lot of research, and what you found so far brushes these things, but you've never, the, all these terms you've never heard before. And that seems to add up to that whole masquerade thing. Like, you are like down the rabbit hole now, but so far you, were try, you, you touched upon things. You found a lot of these myths and legends, or a lot of them fiction and stuff, but it, it seems to be very different to what you found so far. But some of the things add up, you something beastly, You've heard before organizations, you know that some are organized, some are other, but you've never put names to the things. Nobody's ever been willing to actually feed you names. You were actually hoping last night to get some of those names. But now you realize, hmm. You might be one of those names. Yeah, you, you definitely are now. So, uh, I'm not saying uh, break out of the cam and, and do your own thing, but, um, I mean, Victor, you wanted to make them an offer they couldn't refuse? Make them an offer they can't refuse. Ah, uh, that's cute. Um, I do and I don't. I'm not in the Camarilla, but we do have some rough structure. Because what happens when you let children run rampant, they break all the rules, they don't make any rules. I mean, we don't like to be in the vast structure, but we do have some authority. Um, I'm, I'm what's called a baron. I am the baron of the valley. Uh, our terms are different from those in the camera. They don't even recognize our terms. But I'm the baron of the valley. The, I don't know if you're from around here, but the San Fernando Valley. That's where also my club Maharani is. Um, and, you know, if, if 
I, if people are new, I'd like to invite them. They're welcome. I'd like to offer the valley as a safe place. You're all, even if you choose to remain within the camp, welcome to come to my club. Come to parties. Uh, it's a safe place. We don't butcher humans. I mean, we feed, but of course we don't kill. I don't know how you guys do it. Uh, you're gonna go down a really bad rabbit hole real fast if you do start killing people, but um, It's a safe place, so I wanted to make sure that you know that this is a friendly face and even if we are on opposite sides friendly face If at any point um, I'm your storyteller, I'm not going to force you to make roles as much as when I'm a DM in uh, So if ever you want to make a role, let me know. Or also if you want to um, see if you know or can do something, because uh, some stuff you do just know. Like I didn't give you amount of gold or silver or uh, euros or dollars in your pocket. I, uh, you have a certain paycheck, you have a certain paycheck. If you say, I, can I pull out a hundred? Yeah, you have a hundred uh, to give to a homeless person or whatever. So stuff like that, you can ask. So if you want to make an insight check, for instance, mm -hmm. you yeah. can ask for that, but you don't have to. Can I see if he's trying to lure us in? Yes. And would that be honest or? Yes, not? you can. And for that, you should roll. <laughs> Let me see what you should roll. You should roll. Um, wits. Let's see. Uh, and insight. So which is up on the right in your mental and insight. And make sure to roll lights with that. Two successes. Two successes. Alright. You see that he's a businessman. Mm -hmm. He probably knows how to negotiate. Um, he doesn't seem to be lying. Or he's just really good at smooth talking it over and seeming at it. But it seems as if he's being forthcoming and truthful. And I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. I mean, you could come over if you're still alive after tonight. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. Do the, do the cam of hazing... You were in there. I'd, I'd like to know if you swing by if they have a hazing or not. I think the hazing is if you survive one night they don't kill you or something. Well, if we live through the night, we'll let you know. That's great. That's great. Uh, in that case, he pulls out three business cards and hands you each one. Are you one coterie or are you... Do you have your own coteries or... Yeah. Oh, um, coterie is what we call, um, if you form like a, a group, because there's strength in numbers, uh, we call that a coterie. Like what in, 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 in movies they would call uh, an adventuring party. Um, because it's always good to have somebody watch your back. And in the Camarilla they also, I don't know, I think they have like rights or... They also have an organized form and names for that. 
uh, we just call it a, a, a coating. Like Annabelle and I, everyone calls it. Together with some others. For now, not yet, but... Alright. Strangers have just met us. So, I mean, I uh, introduced myself. I forgot to ask your name. Sorry, my man. What are your names? If you... You're free to not give them to me, but... Uh, Jacob van der Wolf. Jacob. Jacob. Jacob van der Wolf. I'm Cleo Lindquist. Cleo Lindquist. Alright, nice to meet you. That's good. That's a, that's a difficult to pronounce. Could you say that again? Bert Schimmel. Bert Schimmel? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry for butchering your name, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Huh. But we should probably... Kind of yeah. Kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that like secret code or? No, I don't think so. Dutch. Oh, you're both from uh, a Dutch-speaking. Um... The Netherlands. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Germany. People make that mistake. It's a hard group of language. And where are you from, Miss? Oh, I'm just from around town. All right. You see more like a local than these ge- these fine gentlemen here. Yeah. I mean, you are dressed to go to the asylum, like the one we're going to, not the um, at the madhouse. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe both. Maybe both. <laughs> but you asked a question. You said why it was weird or bold. You see, I said I I was a baron, right? There's there's also a baron of Santa Monica. Her name is Therese Borman, and she's the owner of Club Asylum. However, with you going there, um, ah, this how do I, how do I summarize this? Politics, um, the the cam and and the and the unbound don't get along. As in, we were here first, and they try to you know. It's a bit like a colonialism, um, and um, Therese did something to the prince um, and now the prince said that um, all bets are off and kill her on sight. So the fact that they're gathering you in her club, that's a ballsy move because she and her sister are no pushovers. Alright, that's at least good to know before we head in there I guess. Yeah. That's, uh, I imagine they wouldn't tell that to you, but, um, yeah. It's a cutthroat world, kindred society. You gotta look out for yourself. If you don't get put in some kind of coterie, I... I would advise you make friends, fast. Because, like, there's enemies everywhere. Uh, sir? Uh, yes, Campbell? We are approaching the asylum. Uh, should I park up front or...? 
Um, would you like me to put you right at the front door or a little ways away? You should probably get dropped off a little bit away from the Probably better in case they get Just uh, one or two suites down, Camel. That should be enough. Copy that, sir. Um, are you all Tremere? Cool. Annabelle says, what's your uh, Hogwarts house? Yeah, you look like a Slytherin. I wouldn't think Ravenclaw from the outfit, but I like it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, looks can be deceiving, especially, especially in our world, man. You're not. I've done a lot of Facebook tests on the Harry Potter thing or meta test. All right, it's just. I don't really have a. I know some house. other Tremere in the, uh, you know, in the in in the Unbound. I don't like to call it the Unbound. I don't like this. The in the not in the not cam, and you know, uh, there's some there's some Slytherins, uh, and a lot of Ravenclaws. A lot of Ravenclaws. Like a lot. <laughs> I could, uh, if you, um, if you don't like the cam, I could always, uh, introduce you if you come around to, uh, Victor's, um, but, uh, I mean, they have libraries, they have bookshops, they have, uh, I mean, there's, I heard there's Tremere who have, like, magic shops or whatever, but, like, the, the, the magician like the you know like the go to the children's party and it's 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 <laughs> wild. Clan Tremere is like I that I don't know. I mean I've never been, but like well I've been to one bookstore, but I mean that's it. So so do you have, do you guys have any questions for for us or just? I mean, I don't know, but they're probably going to try and impose their will on you and, and push you around like a bunch of chess pawns. It, it might be a good idea, even if you don't agree, to not just like speak up and say this is bullshit and then you can just say yes and then, you know, run out or, you know, destroy them from the inside. I mean, I'd be cool with that, but that's that is suicide. But like, you know, so you know, I I would approve the idea. I'll keep it in the back of my head. Well, All right. That's for us to see how they treat. Okay. Well, we know where to find you. Yeah, I'm uh, usually with um. Well, I'm everywhere, but like, if you find if you find Victor, I'm often in the in the Maharaja as well. What's on the business card? The business card says Victor Temple, uh, and it has a symbol of a sword crossed with a scepter, and um, and on the back it has a phone number, and that's it.
this point the car stops. We're here, sir. Thank you, Campbell. Um, I mean, it's been a pleasure. Give me a call. Um, if you want to. Yeah, and if sure. you don't, no hard feelings. Sure, we can always come to the club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a cool club, if I may say so. It's in the valley. What's the phone number? Uh, do we know that? Do you have the phone number? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... Um, it's just the one thing I had. Next one shot. I have all number. the numbers. Maybe not, because it might be an actual phone number. It might be a squid game. Someone at random. <laughs> Are you not Victor Temple? <laughs> leave me alone! <laughs> Where can you be with Leave me I'm alone! I'm looking for a vampire club. <sighs> I said to have one. I'm gonna call the, the police! Leave me alone! <laughs> Uh, and then you get killed. <laughs> so, um, it's been nice meeting you. Yeah, nice meeting you. Yeah, you too. Mm-hmm. And thanks for the ride. Uh, you're welcome. Have a good um, night. Good night. Get out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'll be back to get in Um... You guys are not sure where you are, but you know you're one street away, so you turn a corner and you see the street where the asylum is. As soon as the car is gone, I'll throw the business card. Sure. See if I can memorize it. Good job. Good luck. How to have it? In the booblets. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, same thing. Um. You are the only one who brought your phone, right? Yeah, it's off. It's off, okay. That, no, this one, no one. It's good. Okay. Are you going to do anything with your phone before you go in? Or are you going to just... No, I'm going to leave it off. Right? Just to keep uh, it up. Right. Um, you step out of the armored limousine. You step out onto a wet sidewalk as a gentle drizzle just starts falling from the dark night sky. A few cars drive by, but not many. You see a couple of people walk uh, in your direction and from your direction. I see a nearby parking garage. Reckon there's probably some people going the same place you are. Some people just minding their own business. Let me check if I should, if we need to. Um, you, what do you do? Do you go to the asylum? Do you off? Or a nightclub? No, I'm walking. Excellent. Right, you turn the corner, you follow Cleo, uh, and you see the same asylum you went in, you all went in last night. A two-story brick building that looks a little boring on the outside with a metal overhang shielding the front door from the rain. There are windows, but they are shuttered, with rusty locks on them, suggesting it's been a long time since the shutters were last opened. This building looks so generic it could just as well have been a warehouse, except for the large golden letters above the overhang that spell ASYLUM, giving off a neon-like glow. Next to the double doors underneath the overhang, there's a little window that generally shows what kind of performance or a themed night it is. It currently has a simple A4 that reads, Private Event. Invitation only. 
There are two imposing looking gentlemen at the front door dressed in what looks like very expensive black suits with black neckties. At any point, anybody wants to roll anything? Mm-hmm. One of the gentlemen pulls out a tablet as you approach. And he asks, Your names, please. Cleo. Yes, you're on the list. Um, the second man opens a metallic lockbox the size of a large shoebox and says, Your phones, please. That was not in the hotel. So, sure. Alright, you can go in. Thank you, sir. Uh, you will receive it again on your way out. What is your name? Uh, it's Jacob Bonnemont. Check. As well. Built Birch. Yes. Check. Yeah. You can go in. As you enter into the door, you enter a small hallway with posters of different bands and DJs that have had recent performances. Uh, you glance over it almost habitually and you don't see anything in particular. You don't see anything for tonight and you notice some traces of recently removed posters and don't see any upcoming performances. As you exit this small hallway, you enter an open space. You recognize this space from last night. A bar on the left with some tables and chairs around it. On the right, what you remember was a dance floor with colored lights and dancing people in different stages of drunkenness is now a cozy lit space with three rows of neatly arranged chairs. Could you move to the next song? You hear different music from last night. It's a bit strange, a bit old, um, a bit eccentric maybe. This is not music you would necessarily put on yourself or put on in a nightclub. Looking at the stage, you remember there was a DJ about 12 hours ago there. Not now. Now it has a white high-backed chair in the center. In the chair, you spot what you think may be the most beautiful woman you have ever seen, wearing a long white dress, mostly made of lace, going all the way up to her face. A mix of classy and vintage. Beautiful. As you eye her up and down, you see half-loose, wavy, dark blonde hair dance around her face a white fox fur around her neck hanging past her shoulders, and the whitest, highest heels you think only a supernatural person could possibly wear. You're almost hypnotized, and it takes you a while to notice there's actually someone else on that stage right next to her, also seated in a high-back chair. Um, lucky bitch. You wish it could have been you. In that lucky chair is an athletic-looking, dark-haired lady with the darkest eyes. You would have to move closer to be sure and see. They're probably dark brown or something. But from this distance, her eyes almost look pitch black. Little weird. She is wearing a leather jacket and leather pants, as well as a stern look on her face. You get the sense leather is, uh, is, is, is 
comes up a lot in Vampire Society from what you've seen so far? I'll fit right in. You might fit right in. As you all stand still, in awe of the people on stage, you are interrupted by a waiter, judging by his clothes. Ah, welcome to the asylum. What can I offer you? We have um, a hopeless romantic 20-something. We have a few overambitious lawyers that I reckon are on something. Um, a middle-aged fashion designer. He looks at his clipboard. Uh, and an escort. And today's special is a widow in mourning. Fashion designer. A fashion designer. Excellent. Um, Those are some weird cocktails. He looks you up and down. Uh, yes, sir. Um, any of those cocktails you would like? Uh, or would you like me to name them again? Just pick something. This is new. Um, give him an escort. Just for the fun of it. I, I will give him an escort. Alright. Um, and you, sir? You see, you think about this for a moment. As you, as you, you've given an, you've not really given an answer, and you think about this, you remember back to last night, and you see at the top of your uh, sheet what kind of feeder you are in the middle of the top. Mm -hmm. Uh, what is it? There. You're known as what's called a bagger. You like you don't like the physical contact, that messy stuff. You prefer it from bags. One question: Do you have maybe a bag? Sure, we have on tap. Uh, we have O and A, uh, but from a new special process. Uh, would you like A or O? Uh, I'll join in on a seems a lot more. Alright. Newbie friendly. A or O? Uh, I'll pick O as well. Alright. Um, you have a different one. You can turn over your sheet. Uh, and it says so on the back. Let me see where it says on the back. On the back. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Ah. <laughs> She's a spider. Uh. Sure, that's what it is. That's, that's the way to describe it. There's a lot of biters. Uh. Let's see. Maybe oh. you can find it yourself. <laughs> ah. I'll take an arm. <laughs> oh yeah, it says uh, in your history and in the second paragraph where it says on the night. Yes. And you're free to read that. That doesn't necessarily influence right here, but maybe it does. All right. So the waiter says, "I will come back with your orders momentarily." While this man is finishing up the order, you look around, and just as you are taking in the people inside, a commanding voice interrupts your thoughts, saying, Move aside. 
very good. You feel a brush, not a violent one, but like a coming through kind of way. Um, and as you look to the man passing by, you see an Asian American, 30 something looking man with smooth features, wearing an expensive looking dark blue suit, so dark blue it's almost black, uh, and a hat that reminds you a little bit of mob movies. Before you step back, which you instinctively want to do, in the blink of an eye, you also pass by another man, a Caucasian 50 something, black hair, slick back, a black three-piece suit with a subtle glitter and a bow tie, and black and white 1920s spectator shoes, as they're called. They move over to uh, a person already in this room. A stunning, absolutely stunning 20-something woman uh, with long blonde hair and a white dress with roses. Now, I will, because we don't have minis, have devised a different way. If only I can find them. Oh, I could pull these out earlier. So these were the people that you saw in the car. Victor Temple. <laughs> And Annabelle. Ooh, that's really Abs, never, Abs before. never before, right? Let's see. What you see on stage for these two people. This is the absolutely stunning lady. This picture doesn't do her justice, and this is the person next to her. <laughs> nice yin yang. Yeah. I'll fit right in. Yeah. Whoever. Um, quick-footed person that just dashed past you. And... More cutting. The person who more forcefully went past you, more demandingly, was this one. And the lady they join is this one. I'll arrange them as such, they're positioned like this. Alright, 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 let's have a bunch of people, let's see if there are any more people. Alright, let's take it, most of them. Last bit of cutting for the moment, <laughs> depending on if you're going to blow this joint or not. 
Eight. Well, like our whoops, our movie references. All right, all right, all right. Ready to rock. Ready to rock and roll. All right, what would we? So, the Asian American person and the quick footed one join uh, the lady with the flower dress. In the meantime, what do you do? There are some more people, but these are the people that you notice. And awkwardly, very tiny woman. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> very good. You are. You're really the mingling type, are you? Yeah. Um. You see some corners. You also see some tables. Boom. You also see some tables with chairs here and there. There's a bar with seats, and you see the three rows of chairs uh, facing the stage. Where do you go, Rocky? Take a table in the corner. Okay, you take a table in the corner. Do you do the same? I'll stay a bit closer to the bar, maybe try to catch some of the conversation going on, see what it's about, see if I get to know some names. <laughs> Interesting, trying to catch some conversation, right? Let's see if you can catch conversation. If any of you at any point think, wow, I want to do some weird vampire superpower shit, let me know and then I'll let you know if that's possible or not. Alright. You uh, try to do that thing that you've done a million times before where you just stand somewhere with like a glass. You can have a glass at the moment, but we'll be there soon. Uh, where you just casually try to just see what you can see and hear what you can hear um, and you you feel a tingle in your in your blood so to speak this is what you can choose to do but don't have to and you can keep the card you sir what do you do Take a glance, take a look around, see if there's anyone else I recognize. Yes, you do. You glance around, and you see the person you recognized from last night. And actually, you all do. Wow, that came out dark. <laughs> Um, you see an older white man with gray hair and glasses wearing a black turtleneck and a brown-gray tweed jacket, standing together with a couple of other people. You recognize this person as your, you believe he was called the Sire? Um, and you remember that his name was Dr. Antonio Damasio. At this point, 
the waiter comes back and he hands you over to the table mm -hmm. and he gives you a glass of warm it looks like red wine but looking closer it's the wrong color and it's also a bit thicker Anything in particular about that? Yeah. I wonder what that could be. Yeah. Is it beet juice? Is it blazing tea? Mm -hmm. I mean, blazing tea is red and warm. Exactly. It's not very thick though. Um, this is handy for both of you to know. Because of this blood that you're going to drink, um, the waiter Goes to you next, hands you a glass, lukewarm, dark liquid. You can both re-roll one rouse check once in this game tonight. If you add up somewhere, like right you're free to write that down somewhere because this is a. I mean, there's a big yeah, 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 yeah. rouse This is a homebrew kind of thing because somebody did something with blood and bags. Uh, what do you do with that glass? Drink it, chug it, you just throw it away. This was this. I think this is what it was. Fuck it, Chug. Alright, you drink it as if you would uh, a glass of water on a hot day. Mm -hmm. You feel it's thick, it's warm, it's the best drink you have ever had, and it's. It's almost, it's almost as good drinking this as having sex. It's so good. And in the back of your mind, you remember, oh, now you remember what your sire said. You will always be a little hungry unless you drink a person until they die. Then are you truly satiated and not hungry? Until you know that expires. That is the only one. otherwise you will always remain game terms at one hundred. But there are of course consequences to killing. You the same. What do you do with your glass of stuff? I first stylish wine glass. Take a moment and take a sip. It tastes fucking amazing. This is the best thing you've ever eaten, drank. This is better than sex. Sex in a glass. Whiskers down. Yeah, that's exactly how you feel. You feel like this is I'm I mean, this is like you're addicted to it's like heroin, it's cocaine, it's all the best drugs in the world rolled into one. You're thinking on the one hand about the drawbacks, but then you're thinking that what you are is the drawback. Mm. Uh, as the waiter has um, passed these glasses, he goes into the back and comes out with a middle-aged fashion designer, uh, colorful dress, uh, a subtle, small shock of gray hair. Maybe she's been working really hard uh, for a long amount of time. There's a mix of 
curiosity and like a little bit of fear but also like a little bit mild arousal and it's strange it's strange um but as she comes closer you you know what to do you 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 are pretty hungry this is not the hungriest you've ever been but you feel yeah you could definitely eat yeah this is like after a hard day's work not quite dinner time but three four o'clock you're you're just definitely a midday snack. just definitely a midday snack <laughs> All right, how do you go about this? Uh, uh, here you go, madam. Thank you. I'm sure you know what to do. And he walks away. I'll be very gentle with her, and I won't suffer dry or anything. Just a bit. You take one point of um, hunger. You satiate one point of hunger. All right. You are you're very careful. You you ask her you softly like you ask her like you are you okay with this and she's like yeah yes it's okay. I'm not the one All right, you as you sink your teeth in, there's like a small hint of pain and then you see release and you could swear this is a face that someone would pull while having sex. You get the sense. Yes, you are, <laughs> but at the same time. So I do need my snack. You feel you, you need the snack. You have every right to this. You need this. She owes this to you. And it feels great. This is... You've never eaten or drank anything as good in your life. But what you taste is... If you could describe it, the look that she had, you taste something different on the inside. You taste... It's like a little hint of, of sadness, but also a bit of resignment, maybe unfulfillment, but you also taste the rush of what she is going through now. So it's, a, it's like you're tasting emotions. It's really strange. Uh, and you uh, also get a special effect. You can add, for this game only, add one die to all pools to resist reduction attempts. Uh, seduction, sorry, reduction. Minus one! I No. So whenever somebody is trying to seduce you, and you, you would have to roll against that, you can roll with one added uh, die. Uh, that's not any specific place. Feel free to write that. Um, anyway. Alright. So, you thank the lady. The lady thanks you. Is like a mix of being a little dizzy, but it's not like she's gonna faint from uh, anemia, but she's like, and she thanks you as well, and she walks back to like behind the bar, and you wonder if there's like a fridge of people with shelves of people or however the hell that works here. Oh, weird. Mm. Some kind of weird room or something. Yeah, who knows? Um, as you've all drunken by now, you two also notice. 
you look around the room, uh, an older uh, white man with gray hair and glasses wearing a black turtleneck, at least. But you also notice somebody you recognize from last night. That is a 30-something looking woman with dark hair worn in two tails on top of her head and a very, very old-fashioned black poofy dress. She's like threading the line of wearing a Halloween costume or having a very old-fashioned lifestyle. And you see a very slender 20-something woman wearing black leathers, extremely long white blonde hair, and from this distance her irises look white. And you remember from last night, it was you couldn't decide whether it was white or an extreme uh, extremely light blue. Enchanting eyes, but she looks, wow. And you're getting the sense that somebody opened up a can of the best looking Hollywood people and just stuck them all into one place. Not completely out of my Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you do too, in a way. This is me. fine. You're not sure you've ever seen this many ridiculously beautiful people in one place. It's, it's a bit uncanny, really. But, you know, maybe they're models, uh, movie stars. I mean, this is LA. This is the way to keep your looks. Yes. This is also definitely the way to keep your looks good. Depending. As you look, um, they sort of gesture you over. Okay. Alright, you ahead of everyone, because you're like, go nuts. <laughs> you are greeted by by this person that you know, sort of know, you like feel kind of like a kinship. I don't know if it's like a sister or a mother or... It's strange. It's a strange recognition. And she welcomes you. Hey, I'm, I'm really glad you made it. Yeah, me too. Did like you? A really fun problem. Well, time will tell. For now, at least. For now. Yeah. Really, also depends who else will be coming and what they'll be saying. I, I have an idea. Don't hold your breath for an amazing experience, but I'm really happy that you did. And we'll see what tonight brings. We will definitely see that. And, and who are your friends? I'm. She also looks at, at her, the people that she's standing next to, she was in conversation with. I'm guessing... Well, we were staying at the same place and we got all the way together and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. We had the chance we put you up all in the same place. It's a bit less scary when you're not at it alone. Most of us go at it alone, or with our side. These are... Strange circumstances, strange people. We'll hear more about that. Mm -hmm. But, like, who are you from? I look at the both of you. Mm -hmm. This beautiful, Dear yet a little bit <laughs> uncanny, beautiful, creepy <laughs> person asks you. If we're, to be able, if we're able to break out in a full sweat, this would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you. 
you, you, at this point, you're glad you don't, apparently, no, Kendra don't have flop sweats. That's great. That's good. I believe Jacob. Yeah. And Bert. Um, they're not the really social kind. No. Yeah. No, that's... This is new. Yeah, we're not known for embracing social acts. It's fun. <laughs> it's really fun. Pleased to meet you. Um and um and she looks at her at the people next to her as in who's who's daddy <laughs> who's who's mommy who belongs to who now and uh, the the uh, the older person the fifty something man no but it sixty was it fifty fifty something a gray haired man says I'm so glad you could make it welcome. Absolutely. I mean, I am excited. The things we will research, the discussions we will have, it will be very enticing. I think it's been a while since we really had, I mean, we, we are, I mean, I don't want to say we are the intellectual kind, but we are. And she, she winks at all, uh, he winks at all of you. But like, truly, like we don't have a lot of I think we can. I saw you take a glass of... Yes. Yes, that is, that is thanks to you. Absolutely. It was... Um, I was... Um, let me pause and look something up real quick. Do, 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 do. You also see me slightly moving to the music that's been going on the entire time. It was an impulse. Oh. He says, um, he says, uh, yeah, I'm a fan really because it used to be, I don't want to say so uneloquently, tastes like shit, but there's a really big difference between straight from the vein and from a glass. Ah, or bag. Um, by the way, don't spread uh, the word on. It's, I mean, we all saw that, like some people look down on shoes. Well, at least the glass looks a bit some. And he he looks a bit in the direction of the uh, woman in the white flower dress and the man with the glitter. Some are very um, judgmental of. Also, yes, absolutely. And those are those social Oh, yes, you should be. Especially, especially you, from what I've heard. So, but yes, it's you. We jumped on it as soon as we. I mean, that's why, that's why we embraced you. That's why I got the permission. Because you. Absolutely. I mean, we've never had a hematologist go this, this into the subject matter, and that even before you Yes, yes, uh, finally now you will truly have answers, but also more questions. That is our curse, we always have
and uh, this lady speaks up, the lady in the, with the pigtails, can you call that, and the very old-fashioned dress. I'm glad you made it too. Mm-hmm. I, um, you, you shared a cab or didn't walk or... No, we took a car. Yeah, smart, yeah. Um, welcome and, uh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. I'm not great at no parties. Thank you. No, that's not, yeah. I mean, we'll get, you'll get an explanation. I'm gonna tell you. I mean, we'll have conversations later, but. Mm. I teach kids sometimes. Yes, yes, yes. Which is, you know, the teaching, I, I have a feeling that, especially in the future, we can use that. We, we don't have, we have, we have some professors in the, in the clan, but a lot of teachers like you. So, I mean, I hope that, like, later on, you mm. can maybe guide the young, young, younger generation. Well, there's um, there's some interesting stuff concerning that younger generation, but um, that's all in good time. I don't want to flood you too much with information. Yeah. Um. Right. Um. And she turns around. It's sort of like a little bit of panic, more like the social kind of panic. Um. And she looks back, and there's two people. Uh, not too far off, who were eyeing you very closely. You you saw them earlier as they were eyeing you, but you didn't try to, because you weren't comfortable, you didn't want to stare. You see a bald man wearing red sunglasses and a long red coat, and a lady who is dressed in something black that looks between 80s glam rock and 90s goth with like really thin fine chains on the front and three tattooed crosses on her chest bone. People. Um these are um uh and you see the man step forward and say, Oh no. It's fine, Natasha, it's fine. My name is Maximilian Strauss. I am uh, also Clan Tremere, and I am generally the keeper of Elysium. Um, normally when we throw such gatherings, there's always a chance that people might uh, misuse the situation and start using their vampiric disciplines. The, um, the, the vampire superpowers and you see he says that as like I really don't want to use like hip youngster language that you know uh, yeah uh, people sometimes are prone to misuse this I am the one in charge whenever we have a camera in the gathering I ensure that people are in a safe spot we call that the lead I'm the one who um, safeguards that um, but other than that, I'm just, I'm just one of your elders. If you have questions, you can ask your, of course, your sires, or me, or your primogen. Hello, um, I'm Katya, says the lady with the 80s glam goth, and the three tattooed crosses on her chest bone. 
Um, I'm Katya, I'm the primogen. I'm not sure what they told you, but I'm pretty much the head of Clan Premier in this city. I am, let's say, the appointed to be the eldest wisest of our clan in this place. Should you go to a to a different city, there'll be a different primogen. I'm not the boss of Clan Tremere, but I am responsible. So if you transgress, I will either be punished for it or be the one punishing you. If not, the sheriff. And she points at the lady, when she says sheriff, she points at the lady with the um, ponytail, with the black clothes. But that will be um, all in good time. The sheriff is the one who, um, well, basically what a sheriff does in the old movies, you know, they make sure they uphold the masquerade, and if there's any trouble, they find out who did it, what they should do. But that's more than enough punishment for now. I mean, do you have any questions? I suppose are the brightest minds in this establishment right now. Well, normally they don't make that big a fuss out of a new no kid on the block, if you will, but you see, we have rules in the camera to ensure that humans don't come after us or kill us all in our sleep. One of those rules is you can't just embrace new generations, otherwise there'll be Clan Toreador would be embracing somebody they loved any other night. You see almost disgust, disdain, and she points at um, the glitter jacket and the white flower dress. <sighs> they're, the, they're the passionate, artsy ones. <clears throat> uh, so we have this rule, but in this case there are extreme circumstances, which, which will be explained by the Seneschal. Um, but you were given, we were given permission, and you will be explained why, and that's not for me to say. Anything else? She wants a solution. Oh, you see, uh, have you explained, and she looks at your sires, have you explained what the prince is? And you see a little bit of uh, fear slash shame from your size going, oh she has, we should, totally should have done that. Or maybe they did and you forgot and they feel responsible. Every city needs proper guidance, proper oversight. So the wisest of us, of all K-Knights in a city, is called the Prince. I mean, the name Prince, I mean, it's 
I think you can imagine what we do. The seneschal is his right hand. So, trusted advisor and such. Because, I mean, the prince would probably love to do this explanation himself, but he doesn't have time. Prince, he's always a busy man. And he's. And you see her stop herself from continuing. He's busy. You saw something in that, but you don't know what. You saw just a visible, but you're not the really social reading people kind of exactly, so. You can try, but. Oh, yeah. Also, quick uh, storyteller also thing. You can also, whenever you roll, and you think, I don't want to risk some kind of failure, take half. So then you make your pool of whatever role you want to do. Let's say intelligence and technology to hack something, but you've hacked things so many times. If you have a big enough pool, you can take half. And then you just take, you half the pool, and you have automatically that amount of successes. Which, of course, only works if you have a big enough pool, because if you have a pool of two and you take half, you have one success, which is hardly trying to shoot laces. Science, I could do that, for example. Exactly. So that would be over. Yeah, exactly. Well, most of you, something intelligence-based uh, is likely to be uh, something good. So that is also to keep in mind. So that is a prince and a sunshine. Um, and two other people at this point come walking in. Uh, you see a woman in her late thirties with short bleached hair in a dark blue, let's call it a boss lady suit, <laughs> flanked, flanked by an attractive, slim, early thirties woman. Blonde hair in a bun, wearing a fairly simple black dress. Yeah. For the women, a little black dress. For the men, a simple black dress. Mm -hmm. These are female terms, jargon. Alright. Every woman is a black dress. Boss lady, um, other lady. Getting pretty cool here. Well, yeah. No center of attention. Sure. All right, and they um, do they head over to anyone? No, not anyone. All right. What do you do? So when's the Sinishal gonna? I think when everybody's here. Still expecting a few people. Let's see, one, two, I don't know exactly who they all invited, and everybody keeps in touch as well. Um, I'm expecting at least one more. 
At which point you hear a really loud roaring noise outside. You then I hear think a that loud. That might be the one guy. You then hear a very loud voice at the door. Not angry, just loud. And when the door opens, a man comes around the corner. A a big man, not tall but big, about five to six foot tall, rotund, tan skin, black hair. Maybe New Zealandish heritage. Uh, the man is wearing ripped jeans and an open leather vest and no shirt. And you, you're thinking, I've not really felt warm or cold. Probably don't need to wear coats outside anymore. Though, if you would walk around butt naked in winter, people would probably go, hmm, that's odd. <laughs> This and probably seeing weirder things around these parts anyway. That is likely. It, it is LA. I'm sorry, anybody listening from LA. We don't mean this in a bad way, but it and is it's LA. It's like practically always warm there anyway. It is. Mm -hmm. That's true. Have an actual winter. You might be butt naked in winter. Are you warm or hot or scalding? Exactly. Mm -hmm. I would move there if there weren't any Um, And this man is also, I don't know if I mentioned that, covered in all kinds of Polynesian tattoos. And he's either very angry or has resting murder face. This is, <laughs> this is him. Uh, feel free to pass that around. Um, he moves slowly and steadily towards somebody who was standing in the corner, a Native American looking person that was already there, ripped jeans and a denim vest with patches. Uh, they like grab each other's forearm, like Hercules style, roughly pulling each other in, some kind of half brotherly, half violent hug. I You're think that might be the guy that we were waiting for. No, actually. Oh. But, no. Oh, I think she's starting. And. Do, 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 do. What happens next is. My darlings. The beautiful, beautiful lady in white. Stands up. She was in conversation. You're immediately, your eyes are drawn forward. I mean, if you had your phones, if you were scrolling or whatever, you had to just look. My name is Suzanne Rochelle. Please take a seat. Some people sit down, some people lean. <sighs> she directs herself towards you. I am the Princess Seneschal. Um, I am assuming you know what that is. Very good. She throws a look of approval towards <laughs> your clanmates. Welcome to the asylum. With like a little giggle. And by that I don't mean just this establishment. But one might say this very existence. 
from here on out, there might be quite unbelievable things, but I think Clan Tremere always manages to push those boundaries. By now I hope your sires have told you that you are kindred, and they have rightly instructed you to come here. Yesterday morning you were mortal, you were fragile, and today you are immortal to a degree. Rich with possibility, full of beauty, full of ambition, full of danger. She looks off into the distance. Now I will leave the teaching to your sires, but I will give you some of our laws. Do not break them. Ignorance. Now that you will know them. Hide who we are from the kind, that is the most important one, which I hope you've done up to this point as well. Because it's the masquerade. If they would all rise up, they would kill us at last week. Rule number two. Don't kill any other vampires of the Camarilla unless it will as chaos, vendettas, revenge killings, anarchy. She puts a little bit of extra in anarchy, and you remember in that car, anarchs. Rule number three, listen to your elders. Do not bore you too much with the politics. The city's wisest is called Prince Venva Thomas. And I am his seneschal, his right hand. Listen to us, and we can make each other very happy. Throw you a wink. And if you don't listen to us, well, that's what we have: a sheriff and a scourge for. And she looks over to this person with the ponytail in black right next to her. What's uh, a scourge? Ah, that is a very good question. I, with that, I assume you already know what the sheriff is. Yes, I do. Very good. Again, a look of approval towards uh, your clanmates. The scourge is if we find out that people have been breaking the laws, and the sheriff says that to the prince, the prince might just rule that the final death is the way to go. That. Is the job of the scourge. She is our executioner, and we hope to use her as little as we possibly can. Feel some sincerity in that. Does it answer your question? Then? Yes, yes, thank you. Very good, Sharon. Now, when I say us, I mean the Camarilla, those of us that believe that wisdom will grant us the longest life enjoyed to the full. Now, why are you really here? I'm fairly certain at this point your sires have also told you that we do not embrace mortals willy-nilly, otherwise the world would be covered in canines and uh, no one to eat and Now we've given this special 
dispensation because the terrible things happened. Three nights ago there was an attack on our community and some valued members of our society were put to the final death without any kind of trial, just brute force, a massacre. Now, is that sincerity? Actual sincerity or is it play? You can roll for that. That would be wits and insights. You have it, do you round up or down? Uh, round down. That's two failures. And is there by chance a one on your blood done? It's a four. Good. Alright, uh, maybe. You don't know. Okay. Could be. Now, this life is difficult for canines. Different rules from the mortal world that you woke up in yesterday. So what we need to do is for you to prove yourselves that you are worthy of this unlife and you will not endanger us all. <laughs> now you can do this we killed two birds with one stone we need you to find out how our enemies knew where to find such high value targets of our society yes do we know who the enemies that attacked were? well there are eyewitness accounts which um, you will get your chance to take after this. But we are at this point only in speculation. There are many enemies in the dark nights. I cannot even sum them all up. So it is up to you to investigate and find out who you think it was. Because also you will be an unbiased source. Some of us have already drawn our conclusions. Thinking it was the Sabbat, it was the Ten Bloods. But we need you to find out. So, how did they know what to find us and who were they? Now, we know the very ones that were there are most likely all no longer alive anymore. Some of us thought that. You are to bring your findings to either me or the sheriff. The prince is too busy at this moment to take your meetings. And if we are indisposed, uh, you can tell the keeper of Elysium. And she points to the man and the, the bald man with the red glasses. I wait with him again. He does like a, a nod. And you can see, like, in his face, it says, Oh, youngsters. <laughs> now, you need to conduct your investigation, of course, without breaking the masquerade. Um, or any of our laws, but our laws are not necessarily the same as the laws of the mortals. I feel we stand above those. If you get caught and put in a prison cell, I can imagine that it would be quite 
problematic when the sun arises and you return to ash. So perhaps also not get caught breaking the mortal law. If you cannot find out anything or you do not survive this night, you unfortunately do not have what it takes and you most likely would not have survived as most of us in this dangerous disease. So we are practically doing you a favor. Inside this room, also partly to answer your question, Jerry, are most of the people who witnessed the attack three nights ago. I suggest you make use of their knowledge before you go to the scene of the crime. Do you have any questions? Who have and who haven't? Oh, definitely. Uh, some of your sires, maybe not, but I try to invite anyone who was there of significance. So I think you would best have a conversation with everyone. Unless you don't need to and you already find out that would be truly remarkable. We have a question. Well, get to work! And she sits back down and goes immediately back into conversation with uh, the sheriff. Find out how an unknown enemy got the location of this place. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so he was displaced before this place. Yeah. Is there a note or something? You can. Oh, I can write it. Why do I have one word? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. check your pockets. Yeah, you have a notepad. And I'll. Do not even sign. I'll write down as possible suspects. You can maybe ask someone if we're allowed to. For the day, start looking around. I walk up to uh, to the uh, keeper of the leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Yes. Am I allowed to get my cell phone? Not in here. We understand this is an adjustment period, but within the Camarilla, we try not to use any technology at all, except when it's absolutely safe. And any recordings through your phone indicate that it's I'm sure you'll figure it out. Okay, thank you. And no problem, no problem. What, do you want some papers? Uh, yes. I'm assuming um, I have like three notebooks on me. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely you do. That's, that's, thank you. <laughs> it's an empty one, I have one that is almost completely filled and one that's more full. 
Alright, you go to Natasha. Yeah, I'll just walk over to the sires in general and just ask all three of them at the same time, like, where do you want for you not present at the attack? Um, oh, that's a great question. Um, first, your sire, Mia, speaks up. I wasn't there. It's not, wasn't my kind of party. Um, too many ventures, too much ego in one place. <laughs> But it stinks. Mortals are armed well enough to kill a primogen. Very unlucky for time. Ah, Natasha. Ah, I I was there. Um, it was it was just. Party as usual. I thought I had to make an appearance for some reason. Big mistake. Uh, it, it was it was just you know party as usual. We come in, drinks, mingling. There were uh, very few Tumir, Love, Toreador, Ventru, and the the Ventru Primogen, um, Miss Guo, um, and then. Glass breaking, screaming, fire, frenzy, some of us fighting back, some of us running away, hiding, uh, and, and, and then it was over. And, and then um, some of us uh, worked on the, the cover-up. Um, I think um, Elaine, uh, Marble, and Lotus worked on the help with the, the cover-up. And she points at... The three sociable people. Uh, the one social person. Anybody know her name? Uh, Elaine. Her name. E A E L A I N E. Elaine. And these the days of the And maybe some maybe some ghouls that were there as well, but. Uh, that was it, man. That was. Whew. I don't think I'm ever going to a party company ever again. I mean, I didn't really. Already, but it was just a bit of a. It's kind of a fun week that they have. Yeah. Oh. Oh, they. I mean, a, a regular bullet will hurt, but enough bullets will break you apart. Just well enough. I mean,. I can get shot like a couple of times, like two, three, three times, and then just walk away. But mortals would be um, quite freaked out. But like, if if I stand in front of an, an automatic rifle and it unloads a full clip, I don't, I don't know if I can walk away from that, or much less a grenade, because fire, fire, fire is really bad. Uh, I don't know, maybe. I, I think so. Do you have access to heavy weapons? I mean, I, I think so. I don't, I'm not, I don't know much about weapons. I know... Automatic rifles? I mean, I know when it goes, kick, 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 that's automatic, but... So, many, uh, it depends on... I, 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 I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure. And, uh, who did the, the, the fighting back? Um... Is it, is it, is it, is it, 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know, Marble and, 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 and Lotus, um, definitely fly back, uh, saw people flying through the air, uh, and some of, some of the Toreador were putting the whammy on them as well, um, and as you hear that, putting the whammy on them, you feel like tingle and something combined with, like, conversation that you had last night about what you could do and stuff like that. Um, so you, Jacob, remember that you have you can do something like that. Uh, let's see. Well, And some more stuff, but like your mind's a bit foggy at this mm -hmm. point. Um, Cleo, you're you're hearing putting putting the whammy on them, and you're like, wait, I think I can, I think I can do that. See Jacob, is Leon? And you're thinking, Bert, wait, I think I can do something like that as well. Putting the whammy, where am I putting it? Putting it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think for, I think um, Marble and, and Lotus will probably know more about the weapons and such as well. But, uh, Did you see if they were. More like us or actual human beings? Oh no, they were mortals, definitely. Absolutely. Were police forces? Or hired people? I don't... Were they we wearing the same uniforms? We didn't see any... I didn't see any... any, any police logos? Something. No, I didn't see any logos. Either they were smart about it, or they were just organized. Group of people deciding to attack someplace. Was there a party? A person they, they went after? Or were they just mm, shooting around? I don't know. I don't. I, st I, was, I was talking and then I was then I was shooting and firing. I, I don't know. I think I frenzied at some point. And, and so we should just go ask Marble and Lotus? Yeah, that's probably wise. Um, I mean, I, but they were definitely human because the way that I, I, I also tried to fight back, the way I, that they reacted to like corrosive vitae, and that triggers something in me, but we don't shit. I do that. And Cleo, I think I'm more, more whammy. Uh, and Jacob, you hear the word vitae, and you think, wait, that's, that, that's blood. I mean, I wonder all the stuff that I can do with that now, now that I'm. Just like, oh man. Thank you.
And um, you also see from the expressions of, of your sires that, you know, she was the only of the sires that were there. Uh, Dr. Damasio wasn't there, and, and the both weren't there. Alright, Marvel and Lucas, we go. I'll stick around. Um, before you go, Leah says, you know, I think, I mean, it's the same show, I didn't really need to put words in your mouth. Could be man I really hate the camera. Yeah, well, I mean, there's other. There's there's those. They just believe that rules don't really apply to them. They just do whatever they want. But not like in the most savage way. They still have like some respect for for human life. I mean, they even fraternize with them. Oh, I mean, they were in this hole. We were here first in the eye. And the Camarillas finally trying to bring some structure and reason, and they're fighting back. So there has been some back and forth. We're in sort of a standstill. So sometimes they're really proud of, of their stuff. But yeah. You know, I have no proof. That's why. Keep it in mind. Good you see me walking off already. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> right behind you. I stick around with the bush. Alright, sure. Uh, as you walk off. So. Uh, yeah, my mind's all foggy and stuff, and mm-hmm. I know you, but I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because I'm your, I'm your side. What do you do, Sam? Oh, you mean, oh, um, well, I mean, I don't, like I don't, a mentor I don't know if you, yes, yes, pretty much. I mean, also, not every clan does this with some, does this, some just, you know, bite you and beat you over the head mm-hmm. and then, that's, that's Clan Bruja, but, uh, or Clan Gangle, I don't know what that would be, but how would I get turned into? Oh, yeah, you don't know. It'll probably come back to you, but you were um, first. I um, I I took all your blood, and then I gave you um, some of mine, and then you were That's how it works. Like if if I had just given you my blood, it'll become what's known as a ghoul. So you've got some vampiric. A bit of people still walk in the sun and stuff, mm-hmm. and not be really be a fool. Like, a lot of tools as make like a good servant to watch over them during the day, for instance. Mm-hmm. But, like, if we bring you to the point of death, but not keep you there, it's like the magic of the vampire curse. And it comes to us. Sure. I mean, uh, after tonight, come back if you can. More than that. Let me help you with the discipline. I'm curious which bit you have, because it it differs. uh, How it manifests the vampiric 
curse, mm. if you will, or blessing. It's not the same for each and every one. It also depends on what kind of mortal it is. So I'm, I'm curious to see. We'll see about that later. Um, how strictly are the rules with, with the clowns? Can you be in different clowns at a time? Oh no, you're. It's like it's not like a foster family. Some treated that way, but you are bound to. Well, I mean, Clan Tremere even had this whole hierarchy and strong blood magic that we were the prince. So that we were mages before we we tried to find the the. the the truth to the mystery to to the immortal life that we kind of reinvented vampirism, kind of after vampirism. So we have you know about things a little differently, but some stuff has happened, um, and some of our structure has fallen, and some of our blood has changed. So, in a way, when you when when you somebody's sire and you know somebody's child there's a strong bond but in our case it's a bit more loose but as a clan we do feel we're responsible to have some kind of structure i mean not all i mean there's still different lines but i guess so and how about personal vendettas within this room deep side yes uh uh, oh boy! We can talk about oh boy! Yeah, I mean, have you ever been to um to a family dinner? Yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, that but worse. Yeah. yeah, you have no idea how much worse. Mm -hmm. But I'm the personal vendettas I'm talking about. We wouldn't need to kill each other, though. They're not doing it because yeah, laws. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's on that. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, and you see her eyes go over <coughs> to the, to Elaine. Mm -hmm. Shoot, like, try not to look at her, but look at her. And, oh, you have no idea. Stay away from that chick. She's, she's, and she, she wants to say it, but, like, she mouths, she's, Without saying it. <laughs> All right. Go over to you two. Um, Marble and Lotus are just talking to each other. By the two Z. They go quiet. Hi. We were told that you guys fought some of the Packers. See them both eye you up and down. Mm-hmm. Well said. Love is remain silent. Did you see if they had anything special on them that could help with identifying they were where they came from? He looks at Lotus. And he does like a like one of those, I pretend to attack you, but I don't. Like one of those, <gasps> do you flinch or not? No. Like maybe uh, roll a willpower check. That's the only thing that is 
Oh, I thought maybe inside. All, all the way at the bottom, uh, yeah. there's willpower. In this case, like, you're like, there's a monster inside of you that's not scared quickly. So, like, can you, like, keep that up? Roll the amount of uh, willpower. But no and, blood dice? But no blood dice. This is the only one that doesn't have blood dice. And that is three successes. Uh, Anke is a success, I think. Uh, yeah, it's the one. one. It's the one. Oh, it's a one. Alright, so I have one, two, three, two, two. You have two. Tens. How many tens do you have? Two. Alright, so that means that you have four, five, six, seven. You don't flinch. You do like a little, like a little, like you blink. <laughs> I'm probably like, way too close. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's not like you really think he's going to eat you, but it is like somebody going like, boom, in your face. You go, <laughs> and then he laughs. Ah! All right, all right, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Ah! And Lotus next to him snickers a little bit. You get the sense that this is the old, oh, let's mess with the new kids. Um, he said, I mean, it was a... It, I imagine you just standing a bit behind me. Yeah, I'm, I'm standing like... Not behind you, but yeah, a step to the side, and just a notepad out, and he did that noise. <laughs> yeah, oh. And maybe you make a note of that, right? Disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Hazy. <laughs> yes, there we go. That's that hazy. Uh, well, I mean, it was a great, it was a great party. It was like free food, people trying out smart and upstage each other. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, but then, uh... Very coordinated attack with um, gunshots, armored mortals um, seem to try and cause as much damage as possible. Uh, but it was like a complete suicide mission against so many leaks. I mean, if they know knew what they were doing, they they would they should have known that it was suicide, but they went for it anyway. So either they were fools, or they were stupidly brave. Did you know if there was a target? Was there anyone down first? Lotus, next to him, speaks up. Uh, well, actually, um, I noticed there were snapper bullets first. Straight from Miss Guo, and like several. So there were at least two snipers uh, with reload function. Um, and then they came in through all the windows at the same time, right after the after the sniper shots. And then they went straight for Guo, and then they spread up for like full mayhem. Probably the target, though. Probably the main target, yeah. And then just see whatever you can hit with you along the way. Quite possibly, yeah. She was uh, Ventru. She was Clan Ventru. That's like the uh, that's the aristocrats. That's the bosses. The boss. The bosses. Like the prince. And she was the. 
Timothy? Yeah, yeah, she was their uh, their eldest. I mean, uh, Marvin and I are the primogen of our respected uh, clans, but that's because we're the only ones in the Camarilla of her clan. So then we're automatically the eldest. Yeah. Whatever dubious title. I'm Ruha. God. Marvelous gangrel. Why are most of your clan not in the Well, we're a kind of a hot blooded kind of uh, breed. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are in the unbound uh, because they don't like the rules. Well, that makes sense then, yeah. And Gangrel, there. Would you say y'all are hud blooded or y'all are different blooded? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we're more like, um, we're more in touch with our beasts. Uh, you know, we're more in touch with our, with that, that, that monster inside of us. And, and, some of us don't like the the city so much, uh, but you know I got I got Lotus uh, and we can we just we get by doing our thing and sometimes we get we get some jobs sometimes we exchange some booze. Do you think that is Marble crosses his arms. It's not their style. I mean, the Unbound don't like the Camarilla and they'll fight for their turf, but I mean, it's not like them to like act first and then like full on, full on attack. military like. And also, they wouldn't use morals. They're, they're much too much respect. I'd almost say they have almost more respect for mortals than they can. So they wouldn't like put mortals or ghouls on like suicide missions. Do you have any idea who would? I mean, Sabbat are like the, they're like the, the Anarchs, but cool. They don't give a shit about so mortal life. don't follow the rules. Hell no. No. And but also don't have respect for any other life. Nope. They just do whatever the fuck they like. It's it's like if on a chessboard and you see Lotus laugh, you making chess analogies, Lotus? <laughs> I mean kind of uh, I mean if 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 give it a shot. If Cam are white, then the Sabata black. I mean, I'd, I'd almost say that the, the Unbound are more white than black in, in that one. I don't want to say Sabata are all evil. I mean, what is evil, really? I mean, we all eat people, right? But they are more merciless. Yeah, for sure. They have, they're, they're, yeah. But, you know, and you see him like go uh, look over at the sheriff. You know that actually, 
there was one clan that, that founded the Sabbat. For some reason, they got kind of sick of it. So a bunch of them came out of retirement. And then he looks at the sheriff, like, doesn't say it, but... <laughs> And he sort of tries to mouth it out of the corner of his mouth. La Zombra. Like Spanish for the shadow or some shit. Uh, so, uh, back to the attack. Mm -hmm. They attacked the skull. First, two snipers you said. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, how many? Uh, Lotus speaks up. Uh, it looked like um, professional grade, like military, but it didn't look like they were military. You know what I mean? It was military grade, but they didn't have any insignias or colors in there. Technically, if you have like a wholesale dumb store shop, but then like professional stuff, uh, the kind of stuff they were doing. That's not everyday stuff, so that should be... Yeah, that should be traceable, one way or another. Find a place where they sell that kind of stuff. Do you have a scenario on that might know more or where you should get? Nope. Do they have phones on them? Uh, I didn't check. I don't think so. You were part of the cleanup as well. Mm -hmm. What did the cleanup entail? Um, put the people in bands and making sure the body disappeared and uh, putting a whammy on the. Uh, Eyewitnesses, so there would be eyewitnesses telling the news what really happened, so to speak. But, um, yeah, Lopes and I just shoveled them into vans and made sure the bodies were pretty fine. Uh, I think we burned them. Uh, no, we had them burned. We would like this guy for that. Why is not going to be found? Well, then if they had a burn of stone or anything, it would actually be burned now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had it, like, fast, because uh, the yeah. police were on their way in the news. Yeah, so we From my studies, mm -hmm. and this is a story master question, mm -hmm. what do I know about the way vampires attack? Um, 
roll. <laughs> Let's see what you do. Roll. I think intelligence and occult. At this point, uh, at some point, you have finished your conversation with Natasha, I presume, and then you've walked up and joined them, so you're hearing like half of this conversation, and, you, and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, this Do thought. I know anything? Do I know anything? That's one on the butt back. Woo! And that's... Luckily, you can still get three drinks here. Two successes and... Five failures, including one. But you just you you had two successes and one one in the blood. Okay, because you um, I didn't ha- didn't have a very particular uh, target number like you were trying to resist somebody in combat. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, for instance, had asked for three successes and you only had two. Mm-hmm. You would have, in this case, had um, a shit. What is it called? Uh, you would have fucked up. <laughs> a circumstantial fail. Yeah, and your beast would have done some mm-hmm. shit. But in this case, it's more like, what do I know? And your beast goes, just fucking start ripping people's throats out or something. This shit is getting you nowhere. And in that, you hear the voice of Natasha. Just like an angry Natasha. It's like your sire is angry standing behind you. Mm-hmm. Just fucking kill some people. This shit's taking too long. But you're okay. You're okay. You're just barely. And you're thinking, okay, just fucking focus. Um, you're thinking, you read about vampires, organized, usually they like manipulate people or they make them explode or whatever, or just really strong and rip them apart. Yeah, something like that. And you're flashing to, to Bram Stoker's Dracula, where like he just tries to hypnotize somebody. And you're thinking, no, that's 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 probably not it. So you add a hunger thing? Um, no. Okay. No, because you didn't... You didn't rouse the blood in this case. Uh, you didn't try to activate it. You just almost huge fucked up, but mm-hmm. didn't. So that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, yeah, yeah, it's not really. Mm-hmm. You've only got like a one sided story. So we should probably look into a Anyone plane. close to yeah. this wall that we can ask whether uh, they saw anything? Well, yeah, I mean, um, Miss Fiona and let's see, there we go. Miss Fiona and um, Yoshio were 
both possibly runners-up to her Empire Primogen stuff. She was talking about maybe retiring or something, or her mm. legacy, and they were like groomed. They both were like first in line. And they were both there. How did they react? I didn't. I was too busy. Yeah, that's fair. So we'll go to London. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Alright, yeah, you're welcome. It's Jen, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alright, then this seems like an excellent moment to pause our vampire story right after. As you decide to walk over, the lights start to flicker a bit. Oh, this is weird. Spooky shit. And a woman with tan skin and black hair, dressed in tight black leathers, walks in, holding a 30-something blonde man by the scruff of his neck, as if he's as light as a child. I am slightly scared. The man wears pantaloons and a button-down shirt with way too many buttons open at the top to sport his chest hair. And you see the Seneschal step up and say, Why did you ignore the summons, young man? This guy says, This is bullshit. I don't have to answer to anyone. I'm fucking immortal, bitch. And you just know. I think that, that was the guy we were waiting for. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't think we're gonna have to wait for him anymore. At the word oh, bitch, and you you just know that this is gonna <laughs> The sheriff stands up and extends her arm and the light starts flickering in the entire room now. Shadow seems to crawl from the ground out of the corners towards the man with the chest hair. And inky black tendrils just shoot out of the shadows and wrap around him. And she just silently walks off with her hand extended and he's dragged by strange tenderly shadows over the floor. And you can hear him cursing and yelling and this is bullshit. And then you hear this blood-curdling scream. And then nothing. And then the sheriff just walks out. Back into the room, as if she just put, like, I just put the kettle on, and just, you know, just walk in. As if nothing happened. Sits back down in the chair. So Michelle sits back in the chair. And their conversation continues. And the man in... The glitter says, well, that's just, and he just gets up and walks out. I think maybe we don't miss her all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I think you do have some people you need to listen to every once in a while. Oh, she's off my list. And that seems like... An appropriately dramatic time. 
the positive vampire story. With the discovery of what would have happened to them if they had not answered the call to tonight's meeting, we leave our fledgling vampires with a mystery to solve and a room full of potential suspects to further investigate. Our story continues again next week. Tune in then to discover if this trio can manage to complete the task book before them. Thank you for listening, take good care of yourselves, and listen to us again on the next episode of Misadventure Awaits.